Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running-related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Aloha, runners. Yeah, I said aloha. I'm heading to Maui next week and going to be the course director for the Maui Marathon on April 24th. That's Sunday, April 24th. If you happen to be out there and you're going to be running one of our races, the full marathon, marathon relay, half marathon, 10K or 5K, well, I hope to see you out there on the course somewhere. My name is Jim Lynch. This is my podcast, Feel Good Running, episode number 78. I'd like to welcome you to it. For all of my regular listeners, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And if you're brand new, thank you for checking us out. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you like it, check out some of the other episodes, some of the previous episodes, especially number 77, Ben Reisinger who went from 375 pounds in 2015. And he just ran last year a two-hour and 52-minute marathon. Mm -hmm. That's episode number 77. Check that out. Well, first, I would like to say to all of the listeners out there that are going to be running the Boston Marathon next Monday, April 18th, what I want to say is, Awesome. Congratulations. It's going to be a wonderful experience for you. Some of you may have already run it in the past, but it is a thrill to run the Boston Marathon no matter how many times. So enjoy yourself. Enjoy the experience. Run well and make us all proud. Make everybody in your life proud. You can say, I ran the Boston Marathon, man. You know, you can say that. Once you get the medal, of course. And what will I be doing on Monday, April 18th? Well, I will be boarding a Southwest Airlines plane on my way to Maui. Mm -hmm. So while you're running the Boston Marathon, I'll be flying, probably having a cocktail because I think they serve cocktails on the plane now. And just relaxing and thinking about the three million things still left to do. These little small details for the marathon on Sunday, April 24th. And I'm curious, if you're listening out there and you're running Boston, is there a chance that you could possibly be running the Maui Marathon the following Sunday? I just thought about that. I wonder wonder if there's somebody out there. If there is, send me an email, jim at feelgoodrunning.com, and let me know. I'd like to meet you and shake your hand. And congratulate you for finishing the Boston Marathon. All right. Last Saturday with my running group, Runner's Edge of the Rockies, we had a phenomenal run. It was way out just past the main section in Parker, Colorado. Now, I live in the Denver area and Parker is out there a ways. Probably this was a, I think it was about a 25 mile drive, but I will tell you that it was absolutely gorgeous. First of all, the first mile and a half was uphill. And we're not talking about a little gradual uphill. We're talking about a major uphill for a mile and a half. Now, if that doesn't wake you up in the morning, I don't know what will. 
And so I went out, I did seven miles. I, there was, a, it was a 10 mile loop, but I just did seven cause I am still recuperating from being ill for a couple of weeks, uh, last month. And so I went out three and a half miles and then turned around to head back. Um, running on his path and right next to me on the path are about five deer that are just there grazing. Didn't even phase them that I was running by and I was that close to them. What a sight. And then further along, I crested a hill and the sight was amazing. The vista of the whole mountain range was in full view. I actually stopped and I wish I had my phone with me because I would have took some pictures. So I looked to the right and clear, very clear. You could see Mount Evans. And I looked to the left and this is all the way down to Colorado Springs and very clear. You could see Pike's Peak. Just amazing. It was breathtaking. Can't even tell you how I felt. What a great run. Now, there was one downfall of the run, and that was allergies. Yes, there's pollen in the air. Things are starting to bloom a little bit. No flowers yet, but some of the trees are starting to get some green color to them. And my nose was itching. I was sneezing. I could feel the dryness in my throat. So, yeah, it's allergy season. And I'm curious. I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing allergies this time of the year. So thinking about it, I decided to do a little bit of research and I like this website, Canadian Runner. It's really good. It's got a lot of good articles pertaining to running, of course. And there is an article posted called, Should You Run With Seasonal Allergies? And you can read the full article. I put a link to it in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. But what it basically says is the best practice for runners with allergies is to run when pollen counts are at their lowest. Trees and grass pollens tend to be higher in the evening hours, while ragweed, which can be more prevalent in late summer and early fall, tends to be higher in the morning. So runners should avoid running at these times. Now, I think maybe my issue was I left the bedroom window open all night because the weather was pretty good here and temperature was nice. And I think that that... Uh, caused my allergy to really flare up and I did feel it during my run. So check that article out. If you have allergies, it's a, it's a pretty good article. It's uh, in Canadian Runner and the link again is in the show notes for this episode of feelgoodrunning.com. All right, let's get on with it. Let's get the pace going here. Let's get to this episode's inspirational and motivating stories and I know you're going to like each one of them. All right, I got to sneeze. Searching anywhere and everywhere? Get ready, because it's time for this episode's inspirational feel-good running news. Runners, I must admit, I've been addicted to my running watch for years, and now I'm getting frustrated because it seems to track me running at a slower pace. Must be something wrong with my Apple Watch, possibly defective. It just isn't showing me what I want to see. Come on, pump me up, motivate me. Don't deflate me, my dedicated running partner. There must definitely be something wrong with this thing because it sure couldn't be me actually running slower. Or am I? This is creating quite a bit of pressure and stress when I run. Stupid watch. For several years, I wore a Garmin and now I wear an Apple Watch. As I am finding out more and more 
A running watch can be a good thing or a bad thing since you can become a slave to it. However, my watch seems as essential as the perfect running shoe, though I can get by on a run without my watch. Running shoes, well, not so much. I know some of you listeners may reject tech in running because you feel it interferes with the pure nature of the run. I get it. But I have also become so resilient on technology that I just can't seem to break the habit. I've actually been tempted recently to try that Zen running thing and not wear my running watch. But how would I track how far I went? Such pressure. So I ran across an article that helped me maximize the features of the Apple Watch and tailor it to my needs for now. You know how sometimes a device delivers so many bells and whistles that it's hard to figure out every feature and what it's good for? Today, let me give you some valuable Apple Watch tips that you may not be aware of to maximize the performance of your investment. I ran across this article on CNET.com, and the best part is all these tips work with all Apple Watches, from the new Apple Watch Series 7 to older models. I have the Apple Watch Series 6. So you don't need the latest watch to take advantage of running tools like pace alerts or autopause. I know a lot of us use apps like Strava and RunKeeper as trackers. I don't personally use them. But the great thing about the Apple Watch is that you don't need to have your phone with you when you run to track your stats. A lot of the major running apps work on Apple Watch, but if you haven't started with an app yet, you can use the native activity app on the Apple Watch, which I personally use, and it actually has most of the features you'll need. You just need to know how to find and use them. So here are the top seven tips to get the most out of your Apple Watch. First, update your stats. Before you do anything else on your watch, make sure the Apple Watch knows who you are. This means gender, weight, height, age. Basically, all the indicators that the watch needs to accurately measure distance and calories burned. Next, calibrate the Apple Watch. Another important part of the getting to know you stage is calibrating the watch to your individual pace and stride to get a more accurate read of distance when you leave your phone behind or GPS isn't reliable. And here's one I don't always remember. You need to tighten the watch band. Once you have stride and distance figured out, you'll need to make sure you're getting an accurate reading of the heart rate. The Apple Watch uses heart rate, along with other metrics, to calculate calories burned, and the gadget can be used to help keep you in check during training or in a race. But the heart rate sensor has to be in direct contact with your skin to get an accurate read, which means you may have to tighten up the band before you go on a run to make sure the Apple Watch stays in place when you're swinging your sweaty arms up and down. Just don't overdo it and cut off circulation to your hand. And maybe loosen it back up once you're done. Next, you can customize your metrics for success. On outdoor runs, the Apple Watch can keep tabs of multiple metrics, ranging from average pace to elevation gain. But that doesn't mean you have to see all of that info on the screen while you run. Figure out the numbers that get you pumped, and in my case, remove the numbers that get me depressed, and then customize your workout interface from the Watch app on your phone. 
You can also set custom running goals before every run from the workout app on the Apple Watch. Click on the three dots next to the type of run you're selecting and set your goals based on distance, calories, or time. And don't forget to activate auto pause. This feature is essential for surviving city runs without having to adjust your watch at every stoplight. You can activate auto pause from the watch app from your phone or directly on the Apple Watch itself. So take your pick. And I just started using auto pause because I was always manually pausing my watch. Finally, and maybe most important, maximize battery life to make the Apple Watch last longer. In the past, this used to be an issue with me, especially when I was using my Garmin. I'm ready to go for my run, and I forgot to charge my watch. I'd be outside and uh, dead screen. So I either had to come back in and charge it and go for a run later, or I would just go ahead and do my run and hope for the best. Just another stressor as a slave to the friggin' watch. Now I charge it every single night. So now it's not an issue for me, at least. So I'm sure you've probably learned the hard way. Runs are not good on battery life. And if you're a night jogger, you may find yourself running on empty. Or worse yet, the battery may die before you even finish your run, which means the run won't show up in your activity log. You have to manually enter it. If you're running dangerously low on juice, try activating the power saving mode before you start. So there was a few tips if you have an Apple Watch. And of course, some of these tips can be applied to whatever running watch you use. So I've provided a link to the full CNET article in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. If you click on it, you'll find details on how to perform all the functions I just mentioned. Make sure to review the tips in detail so you can get the most out of your Apple Watch. I hope this helps you to maximize your investment and ultimately improve your running performance. One final note, there are different running watches out there, especially Garmin, which I previously used, which I love. However, for me these days, I must say, as long as I resisted, and it was a long time, I am now a huge fan of the Apple Watch. Well, that is unless someone calls me during my run and I stop and answer it, yeah, on my watch like Dick Tracy. Pitiful, right? I must admit, I am a slave to my Apple Watch. So be it. In 2021, the world-renowned New York City Marathon celebrated its 50th year and hosted over 30,000 runners from 91 countries. For many, it was their first marathon But for one guy, it was a very unlikely accomplishment. Meet Spencer Dukoff. He's a deputy editor for Men's Health magazine. And while he knows a lot about writing for the magazine, he wasn't ever really into athletics himself. In fact, in his past, he was a top-notch bowler in high school. But that was about it. Hmm, that's funny. I was also a top-notch bowler in high school. Something in common. Spencer says he always hated running while simultaneously and secretly yearning to be a runner. Why do people say they hate running? Sure, it's not for everyone, but those that get past the hate part are hooked. Well, for Spencer, hating running was before November 2021 when he finished the New York City Marathon after training for only a few months. 
Back in October 2020, Spencer decided he was going to join the ASICS Ekaden team at his work to complete a virtual 5K. I included a video about the ASICS Ekaden team in the show notes for this episode. One of his buddies talked him into it with the promise of gear from ASICS. He figured he'd run the 5K and get some free stuff. All this started during the pandemic, and Spencer thought the idea of training would force him outside to run. And it was okay because he would be alone on his runs except with his dog, Murphy. In November of that year, he completed his first 5K in 25 minutes and 32 seconds. The following weekend, he ran another turkey trot 5K in 25 minutes and 16 seconds. From then on, he was hooked. Even though it was freezing cold in the winter, he began to be excited to get up and get his running shoes on and get out for a run. Then in June of 2021, his boss at Men's Health invited him to run in the New York City Marathon in November. He thought, no way in hell could that ever happen. At that point, his goal was to maybe run a half marathon in the fall. But he thought there was no way he could be ready in just a few months to run a full marathon. But on the other hand, he knew the 2021 race was the 50th running of the New York City Marathon, and it would be undoubtedly an extraordinary experience, especially since everyone was coming back for the race in person after the pandemic. How could he say no? It was an historical event, and he felt if he passed on the opportunity, he would regret it for many years to come. So he said yes and started to train. He combined training runs with strength building and became very disciplined at following his plan. Like all of us, some days he was excited to run and other days it was the very last thing he wanted to do. And I can relate to that. But he says he ran when he was sore and tired. He ran when he was hungover. He ran in the pouring rain as well as 90 degree heat and humidity. He even ran the day after his second COVID vaccine shot, despite feeling terrible. Basically, he refused to miss a workout and was completely and totally dedicated. Wow, that is complete commitment and dedication. I used to have that. So slowly but surely, his distances increased and his huffing and puffing decreased. He went from 215 pounds to 173, and he felt stronger each day. He was becoming a runner. He started to embrace that running wasn't just an activity, but a deeper part of who he was becoming as a person. A year into his running journey, he felt comfortable calling himself a runner, but he knew he wouldn't be able to call himself a marathoner until he completed a marathon. In his writing, Spencer also talks about the timing of his year-long transformation into a runner. It was during the pandemic that he took on the challenge and he quickly realized that turning to running during one of the most daunting periods of all of our lifetimes helped him cope. The pandemic made every day full of uncertainty, but he realized one thing was always going to be a certainty and that was the run. And through the pandemic ups and downs, the running and training provided him with a place to work through all his stress and anxieties. He recalls the day of the race and admits he is pretty critical of his splits. He may have started out too fast and the hills were difficult. He hit the 20-mile wall but managed to smile through it and keep going to the finish line. 
He says it was the spectators, his family, friends, and the magic of the marathon that got him over the finish line. Spencer finished just under four hours at three hours, 54 minutes, and five seconds. You know, that's amazing, and that's a super great time for your first marathon. I think mine was 358. Spencer says the numbers only tell one side of his marathon story. The other side of that story was one of gratitude. He said that finishing the marathon was one of the most challenging things he'd ever done in his life. But the magnitude of difficulty only made the accomplishment that much more fulfilling. He added that New York City may be his first marathon, but it won't be his last. I'd say Spencer is now officially a runner and a marathoner. Congratulations, Spencer. You crushed it. And I'm so impressed and inspired by your story and welcome you as a fellow marathoner. See what happens when you no longer hate running? Spencer lost 42 pounds, improved his health, and ran a sub four marathon. Running is a life changer if you are willing to hang in there. Read Spencer's full story by clicking on the link in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. You'll hear more about his training plan, which was designed by Peloton. That's interesting. It's a cool story. Check it out. I've been seeing a lot of post-pandemic news stories about people who used running as a coping mechanism during COVID. It's most definitely a thing, and I couldn't be more thrilled to welcome so many new runners and runners who may have lapsed and let go of the sport for whatever reason. I'd like to introduce you to Brandis Wallace. She wasn't a runner, then she was a runner, then she wasn't, and then she was again. Yeah, sometimes life gets in the way of the run, but usually the run returns, and her story is proof positive of that. Brandis lives in Michigan, and she was never a runner in school. In fact, she didn't start running until she was 29. When she started, she didn't plan to run an ultramarathon. It just happened. She ran different races for two years and then set out to conquer the 100-mile race in Michigan that runs from Lansing to Detroit. It was an achievement she never imagined she would earn and something she didn't really plan to do. Brandis said, I never intended to run a hundred miler ever in life. It's crazy. I don't know why anybody would ever want to run a hundred miles. Sometimes it just takes somebody deciding that they believe in you and that you're ready to do it. Actually, it went much better than I ever imagined, but it did take me 28 and a half hours. She added that while running overnight was a challenge, she was grateful for the aid stations with the great food and other fuel. She gives a special shout out to the many volunteers it took to take care of all the runners. It's an amazing accomplishment and one she is very proud of. But after the race, things got in the way and she stopped running. She was away from the sport for over three years. She talks about how her kids got older, their activities took priority, and she just never had the time for running. But then the pandemic happened and suddenly she felt the urge to run again. There are a lot of stories out there about how the pandemic motivated people to take up running in order to get outside safely and feel more connected to the world because of the feeling of being outdoors. I know I relied on running to keep me balanced during the pandemic. I was completely dependent on running to keep my sanity. For Brandis, the pandemic was a blessing in some ways because it brought her back to running. 
She says, the pandemic was really hard, but the blessing that came out of it is that I rediscovered running and my love for it, actually. But as we all know, it's not easy to get back into running when you've been away from it for quite a while. And it wasn't easy for Brandis also. It was painful, and a lot of the time she felt like giving up again and not racing. But then she kept telling herself that she had to keep going, and the pain was temporary. Brandis said to overcome this challenge, you have to think that this is all temporary. You have to make sure that you're being positive. It's all about positive affirmations and trying to tell yourself and building your confidence to say, hey, you know, this is only temporary. The pain is temporary. What is it that you need? Do you need electrolytes because you are cramping? Do you need calories because you are cranky? Do you need water because you are dehydrated? Usually everything that you are feeling during those races, there is a remedy for it. Brandis doesn't just run for herself. She also runs to help motivate others. She coaches and is also a pacer for runners during races so that she can help others start running and loving the sport. She's kind of like a running ambassador, and she talks about how running is something that is attainable for everyone. In fact, she says that running is for anybody with any type of body. And another thing she emphasizes is that a secret to running success is consistency. She practices what she preaches now that she is back into running full on thanks to the pandemic. Read more about her story by clicking on the link in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com. Plus, there's a news video with some great images of Brandis that really captures her passion and dedication to running. I love her story, and I'm so glad she is running again and sharing her passion for the run. You know, running is truly a mental game. If you can train your mind to push through the tough runs to keep you focused and positive, that is seriously the majority of the battle. And I know from my 101 marathons, there is a lot of mental battles in there and I learn to train my mind. I have a mantra I've used for years when my body is screaming, I want to quit running and trying to talk my mind into it. It's a real simple mantra and it goes like this. My mind controls my body. My body does not control my mind. So there you go. Take that mantra and use it yourself. It'll get you through. It sure has gotten me through a lot of tough mental times in my races. So all I have to say right now is go Brandis, you rock. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode's inspirational news and stories. If you or someone you know has a story that other runners would be inspired by, please feel free to share it with me at jim at feelgoodrunning.com. That's jim at feelgoodrunning.com. You know, it's a fact that runners get inspired by other runners. For me, every Saturday morning, When I get up, I am so jazzed because I get to go run with my running group, Runner's Edge of the Rockies, and I see all my running friends there and even people that I don't know very well or don't know at all that are there to run. And now that we are really into spring, these runs are amazing. The course is set up for us. We have aid stations out there and the views are just incredible. I can't even tell you how much I look forward to every Saturday. And, you know, I look forward to other days of the week, too. Wednesday night, I run from the local running store. 
But this is so motivating to me because runners get inspired by other runners. When I go out for a run by myself, you know, it's it's fine. I enjoy it. But when I'm running with other people, man, am I inspired. So all I can say from my experience is that runners get inspired by other runners. Don't forget that. It's really important. So now it's time for the motivating quote for this episode. And if you've been listening to my podcast for quite some time, you know that I love quotes. And this quote is by a person, I have no idea who she is, but her name is Patty Sue Plummer. And I love this quote. Running teaches us that we are capable of so much more than we ever imagined. And I'll read that one more time. Running teaches us that we are capable of so much more than we ever imagined. And this is true. Running has taught me so much that has gone way beyond running. It is the fiber of my being, of my life. Running challenges me to be the best that I can be in all areas of my life. That is why I am so passionate and believe running can change lives. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Change my life and it can change yours. You are capable of so much more than you ever imagined. Think about that. It's true. Well, that is it for this episode. I appreciate you listening and hope that you get a little inspiration from my podcast. And if you're a new listener or you have not heard episode number 77, please check it out. It is my interview with Ben Reisinger. Ben used to weigh 375 pounds in 2015. And in 2021, he ran a two hour and 52 minute marathon. This is an amazing episode, an amazing interview with an amazing person. Check it out, episode number 77. Well, runners, if you can help out and share this episode and my podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms, I would very much appreciate it. Over the past three plus years, I've built this podcast up through you, my listeners, and by your support, by sharing this podcast on your social media networks and with your running friends. The growth of this podcast is because of that. So thank you so much. And remember, this podcast is on several platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. And if you have an Amazon Echo device, you can ask Alexa to play the latest episode of the Feel Good Running Podcast. And she will. It's amazing. I am blown away by technology. Oh, yeah. And soon the Feel Good Running Podcast will be available on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that. So again, all of you out there, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. All right, runners, as I always say, be kind to everyone, even if some are not kind to you. Make this world a better place by doing your part. Remember, we're all in this life together, right? Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, 
feel good. 